Good evening and welcome to this special evening edition of the Conservatarian Exchange on the Liberty Block. We're here to avoid the Thanksgiving rush and we will be a full complement here tonight very, very shortly. Um, Ed, you just disappeared from the picture, but I assume you're still here. Uh, I am here. Can you hear me? We hear you fine. Yes. You've never right. looked better. Oh, that's very <laughs> Okay, we're starting. All right. <laughs> All right, because I've lost most of my interest in politics, I've decided to discuss the weather. So in order to discuss the weather, I went back to what seemed like our favorite newspaper last week, for which we profusely apologize if anyone got even the slightest impression that we do not detest the New York Times. We, we apologize for that. And we've all seen this article from the New York Times several years ago called The End of Snow. When they said that our poor children and grandchildren will probably just read about it in books and they'll never see it again. Well, anybody hear what happened in Buffalo this week? Anybody That's not 66 here? 66 inches. Just a little bit. Some over 70 inches. Yep. Mm -hmm. Well, they had, they had it in the northern part of Michigan, too, got just slammed with almost four foot of snow. So what are I mean, we doing with Times credibility here? I'm, I'm kind of confused. The same credibility that I mean, it is every This day. happens all the time. Wait, are we, are we, are we talking I mean, about weather or climate, Steve? <laughs> be climate there, was that famous, there was that famous uh, you know, global uh, climate change conference in D.C. about 10 years ago. And the day they held it, you know, they, instead of picking a, a summer day, they picked <laughs> January and or, or I don't remember what they, but they had this gigantic snowstorm then, too. Yeah, this happens all the time. I mean, it's random. And, you know, I'm not I'm not a, an expert on the on the climate science, but my understanding is that uh, it's getting colder, not warmer. Well, I don't know if you have to be an expert in climate science science to see six feet of snow. So now I guess as climate change, since it was a historic storm, although it did say that the last or the second to the last storm of this size was 1945. Now, I don't believe that they were preaching climate change yet in 1945. So what I assume is they'll get Michael Mann to wipe that out of the record books and say that never happened. Uh -huh. And this is the worst storm in the history of the universe. But anyway, I just had to get that no, out. Fred, if was alive, that would have been... Now, Ed, just to uh, use your um, legal acumen here, if I, as a resident of Buffalo, got rid of my snowplow and my shovel and my salt and my snowblower because I relied on an old gray lady, do I have anything actionable in court? What's an old gray lady? The New York Times called the old gray lady. Oh. No, what kind of what kind of claim could you have against the New York Times? Um, some kind of they damaged me horribly. I can't get out of the snow, and it's because I listened to them. I don't know. I mean, Biden wants to give climate reparations to the climate. Maybe he'd pay you some money. <laughs> well, what what are you going to do when everything is electric and you can't even find the outlet to plug in your electric uh, snowblower? You know, that's a really good point, by the way. Now, the Brits don't have this problem because they stick their outlets like halfway up the wall. <laughs> and the Israelis do that. But you're right. Even the outside outlets, they're never way up high. <laughs> Very good point. Yeah. 
Well, it would stink to lose power in a situation like that and, you know, not have a gas powered snowblower to, to get yourself out. Will be interesting. Ed, where are they supposedly giving these climate reparations? They're not paying the climate, right? They're paying China or something. They're going to pay developing countries. Right. Because somehow we sent them the hot weather or something, right? Is that the logic? Something like that. <laughs> and I think they just won an election. Who did? The people who want to do these kind of things, the p American people apparently buy into this logic. Yeah. Yeah. Was it in the New York Times back in the 70s when they were saying it was going to be another ice age? Probably. And that was like time and Newsweek and stuff. <laughs> well, I guess we could say they got it right. <laughs> Maybe. Finally, I just think back. that I think this whole business of of trying to trying to make policy based on anecdotes is, is, a, is, is problematic to me, whether it's getting warmer, colder, whatever. I mean, this idea that, that, you know, a snowstorm proves one way or the other, or a heat wave proves one way or the other. I mean, yes, it's, it's some evidence, but it's, it's not, we shouldn't be making policy based no, on it's anecdotes. Not. It's a data point. We're making policy. No, they should be making ways to. What? I was just saying they need to just focus on ways that the human race can adapt to warmer weather and cooler weather, and that's it. Um, oh, warmer weather isn't actually necessarily bad for us unless it starts to hit the, you know, it's, no, it's it, it, the not, boiling I'm just saying, No, I, I'm just saying just maybe different types of people. different types of insulation in homes so that if your power goes out and you are in South Florida I or mean, you are in. Arizona and it's 114 degrees seven days in a row and you have no air that well, there's just, something I'm, in your let me take some issue I'm, I'm just I, saying I it's my understanding that people do live longer and warmer climates I think yes, exactly I think warmer weather and more carbon dioxide is beneficial to human life and to vegetation we have more, more carbon dioxide leads to more plant life more plant life leads to more food more food means more life and so then how do you explain that all the Floridians drive up north to spend their winters up here in the cold? <laughs> Masochism. Who's doing that? Uh, Just a little tiny bit of sarcasm. Well, ironically, my, my aunt and uncle are up from Florida. You see what I mean? See, and I'm down in Florida, and Ed's coming down to Florida tomorrow. Yeah, and I thought Gina was just having some very... Uh, short-term global warming. <laughs> Apparently she's not in a cold place. The other story that interests me about it, because it just hit me, I, you know, I read most of my news either on Google News or Smart News. You just got lists of articles one after the other. And when you, you talk about the snow and you see a headline, Ukraine braces for harsh winter. Now, what's wrong with that Thanks. headline? What happened to global warming? Aren't all their winters harsh? It's climate change. Well, but the harshness is going to be because of the the impact of the energy. The uh, well, right. The, the but there are no more Russia. winters, Ed. We've been yeah. promised there aren't going to be more winters. Well, there might be a nuclear winter. <laughs> so it's just a little confusing to me. And the press doesn't even notice that while they predict there won't be more winters, they're complaining that people are freezing. But you, you can't have it both ways. It should say Ukraine grateful for global warming because they won't get bogged down in a war like they did in World War II and the snow and the ice and everything else. I, I wish there were like a forum to just keep pointing out how it doesn't make sense and the press doesn't even care.
that it doesn't make sense. Well, it's not supposed to make sense. It's a narrative and they're just at, they're trying to carry out a, a set of policies. They're not interested in what the actual facts are. The, the facts are supposed to justify the policies. The policies aren't supposed to follow the facts. More yeah. than a narrative, it's an agenda. It's an and, agenda. And, 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 and like you, you say, know, they don't care if they contradict themselves. No, they're they're again. Look at what happened with Dave Portnoy this week. Did you see him on on Tucker? I, saw, I don't even York? know much about that guy. How did he get so into? Well, the- he rates a lot of pizzas and and stuff. So if you watch his TikToks and stuff, but they, <laughs> uh, but apparently, like. He, he, there was a reporter at the New York Times that had been reaching out to him about stuff. And, and he's like, I'm an open book. Do you want to sit down and talk with me? Let's talk. I'll answer any question you got. They weren't an- interested in any of that. So, of course, at, at the 11th hour, they bombarded him with a bunch of stuff. And they're like, we want to answer these questions within the next 24, 48 hours. He's like, what? So basically, they were out to get him. Shock, shock. They were out, they were out to get him. And it just showed, it's just another example of how the left-wing media and what used to be the standard bearer, the New York Times, has become just another arm of the Democratic Party and of the left. They're not interested in the truth. They're, they're out to get the story you. I saw, the Mike, time. the story I saw was that he said that he'd answer any of her questions, but he wanted to videotape it. And so what? No, that's, I, I'm not saying that there's a problem with that. I was just adding that context to the story. Mm-hmm. And she refused, she she refused to let him videotape it and yeah. then and then wrote the story saying he refused to comment. Right. That was you know, that was the story. It, so it, it's, it, it, it's like PolitiFact. You know, I had run-ins with him when I was at Americans for Prosperity. <clears throat> they approached us multiple times about things. And one time we proved ourselves right and they never ran the story. This is the kind of game that they, they play. Yep. You know what I mean? And if you're going to start rating people about whether they're telling the truth or lying, then you better rate them on everything and keep that damn scorecard straight. Because if you just cherry pick, you know, and try to twist everything into a pretzel, you know, you're not really doing anybody any favors. But By the way, I was thinking about writing a book about this episode. I was going to title it Portnoy's Complaint. What do you think? If you've got the time, we'll read it. <laughs> All right, my cultural references are just way too. Uh, what did Portnoy do to get them mad at him? Why are they going after him? I don't know. I, I, well, first of all, I mean, obviously, he's not one of them. <laughs> what is but he? Is he a conservative? I, I yeah, I think he's he's on the right. I don't think he's he's a left winger or anything. You know, I don't know what he is. And he's, uh, he's, he's a little bit of a renegade. Commentary. He does cultural commentary, food commentary, sports commentary gambling commentary i mean i don't get the sense that he's any kind of a leftist but i I think they were trying to talk to him about about like crypto and stuff and and maybe with this whole ftx thing coming down they were trying to you know i don't know what but okay so let's go to ftx a second how much are we learning about do we know about it's not just crazy rumor this tied to ukraine and money laundering etc etc I don't know much at all about it. Well, the one thing I read this week was that um, the SEC did an investigation of FTX earlier this year and uh, gave them a clean bill of health. And that's interesting because obviously they didn't have any accountants. <laughs> right. So <laughs> Not only no accountants, but no accounting system. 
right. No accounting system. Yes. So I, I, I wonder, you know, what the SEC actually did. And, you know, obviously there are lots of scandals, um, you know, there are lots of financial scandals that come out generally when the economy goes down. Um, but uh, this scandal is not so much that some random guy wanted to rip people off of crypto. You know, that's uh, dog bites man. It's that uh, he was so close to everybody and he was investigated and they gave him a clean bill of health. Well, it was more than investigated. He was in D.C. working with the regulators and with Democrat congressmen on potential regulation for the crypto space that would that would exempt FTX. Uh, but more generally, uh, you know, he he was trying to set up what the proper regulation would be while he's committing this gigantic fraud. And I don't even know whether an arrest warrant has been issued for him in the United States. That's the interesting thing. Um, I, you know, he's allegedly in the Bahamas. And the Bahamas have an extradition treaty with the United States. But I guess they're still like preparing a case to get an extradition warrant against him. And, I, you know, he could fly the coop, right? I mean, he, he has the ability to fly the coop um, and uh, end up in a country without an extradition treaty with the United States. So, so that'll be interesting. Who, who was invested with this guy? Has anybody come forward to say that... <laughs> You know, I, I got ripped off of everything from this guy. Or, you know, I mean, that would have happened with Bernie Madoff, right? There were people that came forward that lost a lot, you know, their life savings. So, yeah, I don't know. That's where, an where excellent question. I haven't heard. Where, where is everybody? Well, yeah, I heard the, like, the crypto space in general is is crashing because they're all so many of them are potentially exposed to it. Um, another interesting question is that. They filed in the bankruptcy court and he, he made all these donations to Democrat politicians in legal language. That's called a preference. You can't just tr give money without equal consideration re received in return. The trustee can go after all that money. It'll be it'll be interesting to see if the trustee goes after all these Democrat politicians and makes them pay the money back. I can tell you that in a in a non-political context, that would absolutely happen. But interesting. We're, we're in a political context. So, Ed, you got me thinking after last week or a thought popped into my head because um, we were talking about there was a, there's a lawsuit right against some of the celebrities and everything that have that were promoting him. Yeah. Tom Brady. And, and as, a, as a Mets fan, it made me harken back to Fred Wilpon because the Wilpons ended up having to pony up a lot of money after that Bernie Madoff scandal. And even to this day, I'm not even sure exactly what they may have done wrong. I'd have to look it up. A bit. Well, they lost all their money. They had, they'd invested with Madoff, and that was one of the reasons why they actually sold the well, team. Yeah, but a lot of those families who were hurt were suing, and the Wilpons had to pay money. And it's one of the reasons, like, Met fans were really upset with them because they weren't spending on the team the way they, they should have been for a New York team. But they got really hurt by that Bernie Madoff scandal. And like I said, I, I'm not even sure exactly what they did wrong, but they had to pay money because of that. So I'm wondering if some of these celebrities might end up being treated like the Wilpons, you know, well, so having to pay up. The Wilpons were a creditor. The celebrities were endorsers. There's a motion in the bankruptcy court to seal the the, the list of creditors. And it's, a, I don't know. I haven't read the motion papers, but I know that they, they have not released the creditor list. Okay. 
and there's a there's a request to seal it. My guess is oh, yeah. that it's yeah. sealed just like Epstein's client list is sealed. Yeah, I was going to say right. it's going to go with his black book. I, I still don't understand how the celebrities who are ba basically just paid actors, um, you know, are liable. It's it's like if if somebody slips poison into cornflakes, sue Tony the Tiger. You know, I, I don't quite get how that works. But um, well, the legal theory, Ed, the legal theory is. The whole purpose of the endorsement is to convince the person seeing the endorsement to purchase the product. And if the person making the endorsement either actually knows that the product is fraudulent or didn't bother to investigate, the first one could be fraud. The second one could be a negligent misrepresentation. Well, would there not be something in a contract that they signed prior that says they are not held liable for any of that when they are asked to even do the endorsement? Isn't there something they would probably go over with their lawyers so they are not held responsible? Well, the, they can't They can't bind the, the public because the public that sees the advertisement doesn't sign that contract. Now, the they could sign a contract that FTX right. agrees to indemnify them, but if right. FTX is in bankruptcy and has no money, the indemnity is not worth anything. But that I think I asked this question last week. So when they all the uh, fancy talk radio people advertise for relief factor, and that turns out to either not help or hurt, are they liable for that? It doesn't make sense. I don't think that. Uh, I ultimately don't think it's going to be a winning legal theory. But this is the kind of ambulance chasing legal theory that the left has been using against corporations forever. So. I'm kind of relishing seeing it being used against them. I mean, I, I don't know where that stops because, again, I, I, I'm i in the insurance industry. So I, I know that there's a lot of crappy, bad policies that people are sold on homeowners insurance. <laughs> and I, I, you know, obviously there are celebrities like the We Are Farmers guy, the actor that peddle that probably has no idea what he's peddling, but, <laughs> you know. I mean, there's a couple of legal things that are an issue. Like when Michael Jordan goes and holds his shoe up and, you know, does those commercials, says, you know, it's got to be the shoes. That would be what we call puffing. Everybody, any reasonable person knows it's not really the shoes. However, if you're if you have somebody who says, you know, buy crypto, you know, I'm you know, I, I buy crypto. It's safe. You should buy it, too. That's different than. That, that might not just be puffing. That might be someone saying that, you know, making a representation about his opinion of the of the product. And I mean, again, I don't think a, an endorser should be held liable that way, but I can see the legal theory that being that you, you made a representation, I relied on that representation in making my decision. Uh, and in fact, you intended for me to rely on your, on your representation. That was the only purpose of your endorsement. So I relied on what you said, and it turns out you were either lying to me or you were saying something where you had absolutely no idea what the hell you were talking about. And you induced me to buy something that I wouldn't have bought without your endorsement. I mean, that's the theory. I think it's a weak one because ultimately we have to be responsible for our own choices. But I can see the theory. If well, it survives a motion, if, if you're going to go there, then I'm going to go back to my drug war where our company <clears throat> billions of dollars for uh, selling Oxycontin and stuff. We should be responsible responsible for own choices. And by the way, you know, Mark Levin, who I don't listen to anymore, 
but he also shows for, you know, one week it's blinds.com and the next week it's doubleblinds.com and the third week it's halfblinds.com and it's the best product <laughs> and it's the only product I've ever used except for when I use a different product. Yeah. I mean, hey, uh, so. Rush Limbaugh used to, Kevis used to be uh, peddled on there. Remember Kevis? It was supposed to, it, no. yeah. it, was for, it was for us so we could keep our hair on our head. And all the Daily Wire folks have red ads. Apparently red, red ads are very lucrative. Um, when you when you read an ad, um, depending upon your reach, uh, you can get $2,500, $3,000, just for one red ad. Um, so it's a, it's a huge. Right. And the whole purpose is that you're supposed to believe that they actually use that product. And by the way, in yeah. most of those reads, they say, I use this myself and my wife wouldn't leave home without it. And my grandmother-in-law. Yeah. Well, yeah. You hear Dan Bongino talking about that wristband that right. he used during chemo. So I'm saying if we said those. people are liable for endorsing a product and you're buying it because they're using it, that's the whole point of advertising. It would throw out the whole business. So it's weird. I, th I think th this is all interesting and, and it's worth talking about, but I think there are bigger aspects to the story. I mean, I think, you know, number one, I think that this is, this is, or at least maybe a, a way that the politicians and regulators are using to destroy crypto and to try and implement their digital currency and, and knock down the one competitor to digital currency that, that exists. You know, I don't think it's coincidental that uh, SBF was, you know, cozy with both the regulators and with Democratic members of Congress. That's one aspect of the story that I think is really important. I think I think the another part that's really important is the connection to Ukraine. Ukraine just seems to keep popping up, you know, and, and the Republicans are talking about investigations of Hunter Biden and the Biden family. But I think and I don't I don't disagree with that, at least as far as if they want to investigate for the purposes of, of impeaching Biden, fine. Um, but I think that I think that Ukraine is a huge story. I think that the war in Ukraine is a huge story. And I think that these things are not unrelated. I mean, I, I don't have evidence to say connected, uh, but I think that they're not unrelated. And I think they're worth some serious investigation, some serious consideration, because so many roads seem to lead back to Ukraine. You know, the money laundering, um, you know. It does the, seem that when there are is a large-scale war, whether it's uh, Afghanistan or Iraq or now Ukraine, it is a um, cauldron of the possibility for corruption and then thus obvious corruption, where, you know, I, I, it, it's hard to... Uh, you know, it's hard to blame. I, we know Biden and, and his son are, are corrupt. It's but it, it's hard to blame. You know, any company. Uh, you know, they say the military-industrial complex. You know, it's it's hard to necessarily blame them if the government, you know, wants to buy a bunch more stuff. Um, but it, it's clear that there are people who make a ton of money uh, in these um, things. I was reading a book uh, just the other day about Afghanistan and the, the amazing amounts of money that were just flowing uh, into the country from the United States and then flowing towards the 
uh, Afghan people and, and, and cash too. So it's, it's not as, uh, you know, it's not as, um, you, you can't, you can't track it. You know what I mean? It's, it's a very difficult uh, situation. Well, it's, it's not just the war part. It's, it's that these are corrupt cultures and societies. I think it's, it, it's not coincidental that it's Afghanistan rather than some other country in that region. I don't think it's a coincidence that it's Ukraine. I think yeah, these are the most corrupt country in Europe, right? Exactly. Right. I mean, and, you know, people who've been listening to the show know that I've been saying that Ukraine is the Afghanistan of, of Eastern Europe for a long yeah. time. And, 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 you know, I just, it, and while there's a really, law, you know, while there's a law against it, right. The uh, foreign corrupt practices act. Um, I, I don't know whether that's actually enforced against people who are powerful or connected. I mean, I'm sure it, it would be enforced against me where I ever do violence but I'm not so sure it's enforced against the big guys, you know? Um, and I, I do, and that there's all sorts of foreign cutouts and whatnot. Um, it, it's a really, and then of course, you know, half the money we send to Ukraine just goes to the Ukrainian government to run the Ukrainian government operations because their tax base has collapsed. Um, and, and that, you know, that money is, is just, stolen immediately uh, you know, substantially fractured i'm sure well it's, and, it's uh, laundered uh, FTX by FTX. can't well i mean I, the thing is that yeah ftx might have been one of the ways but it's not the only way i'm sure there's like 10 other ways that that I'm money sure right. is laundered and, yeah, I'm and sure you're right you know the, the thing about the republicans is i mean we say that the Congress has subpoena power, but we 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 understand that it it doesn't, right? Because uh, the Republican Congress uh, subpoenaed um, Eric Holder, and he told them no, and they um, they held him in contempt, and you know he wasn't even well, Obama's Obama, Justice Department declined to prosecute, right? And of course, because it was Eric Holder is the head of the Justice Department, and then. Right. Um, and then, you know, Steve Bannon tells the fake January 6th committee to go to hell and he gets uh, prosecuted and sentenced to six months in jail. So the idea and this has not escaped people's notice. Right. I mean, the the people that um, that the Republicans claim to want to investigate, they're not going to obey subpoenas. I mean, that's the that's the bottom line. They, they know that uh, they don't have to. Right. If, if the investigate, I mean, if you know, if they're investigating Medicare fraud in Minneapolis or something like that. Yeah, they'll they'll, um, you know, they'll enforce those subpoenas. But if they're investigating um, the, you know, Secretary Blinken or, um, you know, the, the what's his name, the guy Garland or, or Hunter or. Biden or any of the other, um, you know, Victoria Newland or any of the other people who are involved in the corruption in Ukraine, and they, you know, they're not they're not going to. No, they know they're not going to obey the subpoenas. There'll be no, no um, comeuppance, no nothing yeah. to ever hold them accountable. That's for sure not. And if no, it's I don't not think any way, them, they'll just memory hole it like they did Las uh, Vegas shooting, et cetera. Just, it will yeah, never. I, I, I don't think 
I don't think like, um, you know, Victoria Newland, she's subpoenaed. She'll, she'll show up, you know, or, because that's her thing. And she'll be ordered to turn over all documents. She'll turn over some documents. You know, I mean, she, oh. it, it, won't, it won't quite be Bannon's go to hell. But I mean, it, they're not going to uh, obey it won't, be, it won't be Hillary Clinton's wiping with a rag and smashing things with a hammer. But yeah. Is, yeah, nobody on that side is ever held accountable. And like I say, then they just pretend it never happened. It'll be like the Biden thing. It's just an old scandal. You know, it's, okay. uh, it's the Clinton way. Right. Push it off, push it off. And then you say, oh, that's old news. By oh, the way, old. can I just say how amazing Gina looks tonight? I mean, oh, my God, Thank Gina, you got to talk more so that you show up on the video more. I, okay, sorry. Are, are, are you going out tonight? Something? Or are you no, this no, I was in the hot, no, I was in the hot tub. My hair is just not straight today. Okay, I'm on vacation. Well. I'm, I'm down on vacation, so I'm sweaty and dirty. And oh. thank you. Our, our listeners want to hear more. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing, well, thank you. But anyway, no, what I did want to talk about was McCarthy and if he's going to get the 218 seats. And your guys' thoughts on that, because that's what I've been really interested do, about. Do we expect anything less? Does he have the votes? I don't know. It looks I, I, like the majority is going to be 222 to 213. But is he going to be speaker? And so he needs uh, everybody minus, you know, four. If he loses five people, he's going to lose. But on the other hand, right. it's not an election between McCarthy and not McCarthy. It's, it's an election between McCarthy and Hakeem Jeffries. And uh, I mean, I, I don't care who you are. Uh, are you no, really? It could vote? be another compromise candidate if they could find one. Right. It's. I mean, if no one gets two eighteen, they keep going. It's, you don't get it by a plurality. Right. You mean it's not ranked? Because how many did Biggs end up getting out of Arizona? <laughs> what? How many did Biggs get out of Arizona? What were there about thirty people that went the other way against McCarthy already? Thirty votes. Thirty one. Okay. So they would abstain, you're saying, and so it would be uh, no one got a majority. Oh, uh, see, I always thought it was just whoever got the most votes was speaking. Oh, no, it keeps going till you get 50%, right? I didn't know that. The majority. Shouldn't his last name alone disqualify him? All things considered. History. McCarthy? What are you, against Irish guys? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Listen, if he yeah. if he loses and it's somebody else that's obviously more with us, <laughs> we'll take it. I just I'll be shocked. I so if have, McCarthy, I might have to eat my shorts. So if McCarthy does do it, he has promised that he's going to investigate my orcas and that he is going to get rid of Schiff, Salwell, and Omar off the committees. So is he actually Swalwell, going yeah. to do that? Swalwell. Yeah, I think he's definitely going to do that. It's all over the news. He's been asked about it. He's said in no uncertain terms, he's kicking Schiff and Swalwell off the Intelligence Committee. Schiff because he's a liar and Swalwell because he slept with a Chinese spy. Um, as far as kicking Omar off the foreign... What's that? Yeah, Fang Fang. He's a bang, 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 bang. He bang, bang, fang, fang. Exactly. And then um, he said... Uh, he said he would take uh, Omar off the Foreign Policy Committee. Now, remember what they did to um, MTG. Marjorie Taylor Greene and, and some of the other Republicans. 
they prevented them from being on any committees. Um, and uh, they basically, um, and, and so what, you know, McCarthy's doing is a, a poor man substitute for what the Democrats did to the Republicans. And I think that um, something more radical uh, should have been done. Like, definitely Omar, and who, who is not even, in, you know, came into the country illegally by marrying her brother. She committed, she should be in jail. She should be kicked off all committees. And Swalwell, also all committees. And Schiff, you know, maybe just, um, you know, all he did was lie, 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 lie. That, you know, it's, hard, it's hardly Wait, dog bite, you know, man bites dog. He really didn't have evidence proving beyond a shadow of a doubt? He really didn't have that evidence? Yeah. But I mean, he, as far as, and well, they, they you know, Schiff obviously leaked a bunch of classified material to the, to the press. So, I mean, that's, that's absolutely for certain, but whether you could get evidence for it, I, I don't know. Um, but, you know, and they would, all three of them would be kicked off all of the committees. I have to say, if McCarthy does any of that, I will be extremely happy and a little bit surprised. So, okay. So, yes, what about everybody coming in? I would say it's not enough. What, Gina? Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say about the Alito leaking that draft years ago. What's your guys' thoughts on that? Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Ed, do you, do you know anything? Some people are saying it never happened. I, I mean, I heard, I heard a story that, that they're trying to claim he, he leaked the uh, Hobby Lobby opinion before it came out yes. in 2014. Um, right. I've never heard any, any allegations about that before. It's obvious that they're just trying to, to, uh, what's the word? This is just in response to the to the Dobbs opinion being leaked, and they're trying and to say, if you oh, read well, you guys the, did it too." If you read the uh, the interwebs, which I know you do, um, apparently the leaker of the Dobbs decision uh, was um, identified that same day. Briar? Um, and uh, no, it was um, uh, Sotomayor clerk. And uh, now, you know, I'm going to be careful. So, you know, don't get charged with libel, but it's on the interwebs. And it was um, it was one of these things like, oh, yeah, everybody knew it because it it, it basically came from the press. You know, the press can't keep their mouths shut to each other. And so everybody started you know, everybody knew it, like where, where to come from. So, um, you know, obviously the Supreme court under Roberts's, uh, under Rod, try not to get into an accident under Roberts's, uh, tutelage is, um, you know, they're not doing a serious investigation, which, you know, we all kind of knew that was not, not well, because it's not leading to where they wanted to lead. Yeah. <laughs> And obviously, if it were coming from the right, we would have known about that. And yes, the fact that they're trying to go after Alito does suggest strongly that the other thing is not going the way they want it to go. Right. Yeah. And I don't quite understand, you know, um, the Hobby Lobby decision was, what, five, six years ago, right? I mean, it was eight years ago. Eight years. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, you can't leak anything uh, that's against you know, both the rules, the letter and the spirit. But on the other hand, huh? Where did this come from? And yeah, no Supreme Court justice 
would would leak it themselves. They would they would have they have minions. They have minions leaking. You know, so I don't quite understand. You know what where this where this is come coming from. Well, it's a distraction. It's trying to it's trying to distract from the guilt on on the Dobbs decision and focus attention on. Oh well, what did these Republican justices do? We need to investigate them too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's yeah. designed to try and and dilute the the guilt of of whoever leaked the Dobbs decision. I mean, the fact that it's not on the front page of the newspaper every day who leaked Dobbs shows you that it's not going their way. Tells you they don't care either. Well, well, yeah. I mean, like I said, if they found out who leaked it the day that that it was leaked, I mean, it's it's and now it's been you know eight months since it was leaked. I I, I think that the you know I I don't know how you would how you would prove it. I mean, you know, beyond mm-hmm. a shadow. How do you of doubt. prove it? But it this this electro you forensic uh, a forensic audit of the computers. I mean. I, yeah, I mean, you could do that, but like, obviously, the person who leaked it like printed it out, and uh, I mean, how do you even find out? You know, I mean, I it's uh, it's not like Windows is particularly strong in this sort of thing, right? I don't know if they wanted to find it out. If they were going after uh, Donald Trump or Donald Trump Jr., they would find it out. So. I think you'd be able. Well, to they would. They would go to court with. They would go to court with less than you know convincing evidence, right? Because unless the person admits it, or you know, maybe there is some sort of a uh, you know a log of all of the documents that got printed. But even if even if it showed the document got printed, uh, you know, how would you? I don't know. I I don't know. I don't know how you'd prove it. All right. Can we, I want to talk about something else that has much more proof. Um, I know that some of you are fans of Tucker Carlson, and I want you to please excuse his behavior. Apparently, he flew to Colorado and shot up a bunch of innocent people in an LGBTQ MNLP place. And I don't know how in the world you can stand behind him after he murdered people in cold blood. Well, no, obviously it was Matt Walsh who did it. Matt I Walsh and Chaya and Chaya Rachel, right? Yeah, it was every conservative, every single right winger. We all did it. We're all guilty. Murder on the Orient Express. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just ruined that book for all our listeners. Um, The, the, you know, the good story is a Marine um, tackled the guy and uh, grabbed the gun and, and beat him within an inch of his life with the butt of the gun of the rifle. Um, he just went into combat mode uh, as soon as he heard the shooting and, and charged across the room. Now, what he was doing in a drag show, a drag show with his girlfriend, I don't know, but um, he, he behaved uh, in, the, in the finest traditions of the Marine Corps. And, and that was uh, that was the one good thing that that came out of the uh, horrible event. So I like that they are trying to. So the, the guy, I think he was 22 years old, his grandpa the biggest thing that they're using to say that he, it was an attack from the right. His grandpa, I believe, was the mayor, uh, a Republican mayor of the Republican a city state over senator or something. He, yeah, but it's just it's ridiculous. Now, it. Was the guy known to police? Had he been arrested for violent crimes before? Yes, he, yes. he was arrest- he his, was arrested for a bomb threat. 
He had all of his guns been taken away because he was a threat to himself or others? Yes, 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 yes. Did anybody do anything? Like, you know. No, that's Gurley the problem with sealed his uh, records or something. He was a prior offender. Yeah, they sealed his record. Yeah, he had a record. They well, sealed is, isn't, his isn't, that, isn't this what criminal justice reform is all about? Letting him back on yeah. the Yeah. They chose not to um not to uh prosecute him and the bomb threat and the and the holding people at gunpoint or whatever. They took his guns away, but they chose not to prosecute him. Well, okay, well, how are we going to how are we going to um fix that? Right. I mean, if you're not going to prosecute people then, uh, who are obviously mentally deranged and criminal, then you're going to get more death. Wait a minute. I was talking about Colorado. Now you're talking about New York. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm talking about San Francisco, too, and Los Angeles and, you know, all of the hell holes, Chicago. But again, the press will push that narrative that it's Tucker Carlson who did it and never, you know, the guy who actually did it. Or it's the gun that did it once again, and they're already going into gun control. And I've just started saying to people, because someone just was talking to me about the guns the other day, and I'm like, I've never seen a gun get off a table and do anything. I, I, well, wasn't there, was, there was just an attack at one of the colleges. Multiple people were killed. With I, a know. Knife. I know. I know. Yeah, with in Virginia. Knife, I mean yes, but Gina, Gina, you didn't yes. read the last paragraph of the story. The knife's grandfather was a gun. Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, yes. And by the way, God forbid they could ban all the knives. And what about that guy who plowed into a whole bunch of recruits? Apparently, mm -hmm. he fell asleep uh, at the wheel. So are we going to ban sleep, ban wheels? What are we going to ban cars? You know, they are banning, banning sharp. They are, yeah. They are banning um, sharp knives in, uh, in, in England. Because people are carrying like steak knives and using them. Well, maybe, as, they'll start, uh, maybe they'll oh. start picking people off with a bow and arrow from the rooftops. You're only allowed to have a butter knife. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if I ever told you my story. I was in um, what's called Hadley's. That's the, the big toy store, I believe, in London. Harrods. What? Harrods? No, Harrods is the expensive department store. Hadley's was oh, okay. their... Uh, Super, super toy store. And I All was right. there. Um, this is probably in the 1980s, no, 90s. And I was buying scalpels because in one of my previous lines of work, I used scalpels to cut feathers to write ritual stuff like Torah scrolls. So anyway, okay. they're openly selling these scalpel blades and the British blades were known to be very good. So I went and I bought a ton of them. And as I'm standing there at this open display of scalpels to... Um, what do you call it? Undercover security people come over to me and start interrogating me about why I'm buying scalpels. I'm like, you're, you're selling scalpels. So <laughs> I, don't, I don't get it. They're right there. They're not locked behind a box. You're selling them. What do you mean, why am I buying them? But apparently I was a threat because I was buying blades. On the other hand, back in the day, uh, my sister, when she was in Kenya, bought me a spear from a guy uh, standing um, on the side of the road. You know, one of these, oh, that's a nice spear. Can I buy it? Sure, 20 bucks, right? So she bought me this spear as a gift. I still have it. And uh, of course you can't check a spear. So she had to take it on the plane. 
<laughs> and she really got it on the plane? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> before 9-11. Yeah, before 9-11, exactly. Well, they, they wrapped up the tip and stuff, you know. Uh, spear, whatever. <clears throat> yeah, I think, you know, just like people don't ask every day what happened with the Vegas shooting, all these things that get memory hold, and I think the right needs to just keep somehow pounding on it, not... I well, you know, the, 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 the memory division of the Limbaugh Institute was usually the one that, uh, you know, the organization that uh, remembered all this. Um, and there is no real um memory division anymore and that that's the problem but you know the vegas shooting is is the one thing that nobody cares about this ftx thing is definitely going to be uh something nobody cares about i'm shocked that the hunter biden laptop uh that appeared in cbs news uh so the reason is and i'm seeing the stories and i think ed maslish from that fantastic weekly show called the conservatarian exchange on the liberty block has mentioned it's this is a very subtle way or not so subtle way of telling Biden you're going to disappear because they're going to leak more and more of this stuff and and bring more of this stuff to light and it's not haphazard. Did I understand you correctly, Ed Maslish? That's my theory. Well, I mean, I think that Stop might be it. true, but but you know the 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 problem is is like who is in charge of the Democratic Party right now? And I think you know I think the obvious you know obviously it's a cabal of some sort. But I mean I, I think Obama is kind of still sort of setting the direction um, because he has a bunch of Obamaites in the administration. And so okay, so he wants he wants Joe Biden to get out. So you know this is happening. But who who is going to replace him? I mean, it's not going to be Kamala Harris. She's she's a nutcase. I mean, I mean that, well, there was that other article saying. I think I put it on the show notes or I sent it to you guys from either Salam or Slate. I mean, from far left saying we got a dumb Kamala. But there were also yeah. tough pieces coming out about Michelle every other day. Yeah, Michelle. Yeah. So that would be that would be the only because whoever Obama pushes into the role and he didn't want Biden. I mean, he didn't campaign for him. He didn't do anything for him um, until he was nominated. So he never wanted Biden in the role. I think he thinks Biden's an idiot, and of course he is. Um, so, but he, uh, Obama would definitely only want a person of color. I mean, I think we all understand that. And so it's not going to be, it's not going to be Newsom. It's not going to be, uh, you know, Whitmer or any of the other, you know, nonsense people. He'll want a person well, of color, and, and there aren't any except M Michelle and Oprah. The real question is about who, someone who, like Julian Castro from Texas. But really, they're trying to pick mm. pick their next nominee, aren't they? Because when they're saying get rid of her, they're saying really get rid of him. They don't want him running the next time. They yeah. want they want somebody second in line who's going to be palatable, and they don't feel. The like funny thing is. is, is for the Republicans screwing up the midterms uh, uh, has emboldened Biden and Jill, who is after all the one behind Biden, the individual, um, to get him to run again. Well. So that things, would be really interesting. Things things can change quickly. And if they want him gone, he's going to be gone. You, okay. So you guys are saying gone. I've got to be gone. I've got family stuff because we're here on vacation. So I'm gone. I'll see you guys later. And Happy it was good being on you guys. Happy Thank Thanksgiving. You. Great American Happy holiday. All right. Bye. Take care, Gina. See you later. Yeah, we'll I'm probably, out get, of here. probably get banned for uh, saying Thanksgiving and not saying, what is it? Is this indigenous people? What is it called? I don't know. How do I get off of here? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Looks like you're just going to have to take us with you. Uh. <laughs> <laughs>
I'm, I'm able to remove people. Such power. Yeah. What is? I'm sorry. What is the Thanksgiving thing? We're supposed to call it? I have no idea. It, it, it changes. Uh, weekly. It's not Indigenous Peoples Day. That was Columbus That's Day. Columbus. But uh, they have yeah, something I else. Know. I don't know. It's like Butcher Native American Day or I, something. I have no idea. I can't keep up. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. No, I think there definitely is going to be more and more of a push to get rid of the Bidens. Um, yeah, that, that's what's going to be interesting. I, I've never been convinced that Obama's running the country. I, I honestly have no clue who's running the country. Well, I mean, you know, Obama, uh, it, it, Susan Rice is a big uh, person in the administration. She's an Obamaite. And, um, you know, Ron Klain, the chief of staff, was Biden's chief of staff. Um, I don't know whether he was an Obamaite or whether he but has somebody's always pulling been their strings, and I just don't probably a, really believe probably it's a friend Obama. of Klaus Schwab, whoever the I, big yeah, I really think it's more the globalist kind of people. Sure. I think Obama's too lazy to really care. I, I do think Obama lazy, is lazy. I think but, not smart enough. What was you? What do you say, Ed? Um, yeah, I do think he's lazy. I don't think he's quote running the country unquote. I think he's setting the direction. Right? I mean, I, I, there's a difference. He has his people in uh, in key places, and and I'm sure he gets calls all the time. He's like, what or or are they his people because they were installed by the same people who installed him? And well, I mean, you know, it, it depends on like, who, you know, it's an oligarchy. Who's in charge? We we tend to think of it as a, a, as this as oligarchies are are like, you know sort of monolithic but they aren't there it's just there there's a difference they all have competing visions and competing ideas and they're all trying to outmaneuver one another it's like game of thrones right but you've ever seen in the united states if you've ever seen obama speak when the teleprompter went off you know got messed up he doesn't know what he's talking about if he doesn't have a script i don't believe he's smart enough to run the country i don't believe he's smart enough to set the direction i really don't he just he doesn't, I don't care that he went to Harvard. I, he just, just does not strike me as a particularly bright person. He's got the credentials, but he doesn't have the brains. There are certainly a bunch of foreigners who are extremely powerful in the United States today. Yeah, obviously, you mentioned Klaus Schwab. There's Albert Borla, the chairman of Pfizer. Uh, there's Bill Gates, who obviously is all into the whole um, medical slash, oh, I almost died. Um, this guy, uh, I cut right in front of me. Anyway, um, Bill Gates is a big, uh, you know, person who um, controls the whole medical thing and, you know, wants to do depopulation. I think the big tech uh, firms have their, you know, their say. So um, the chairman of, of Alphabet, Google, and um, I think, you know, the what's his what's his name the guy in charge of Apple I think he has a lot to say I think you Tim know Cook. the what's that Tim Cook Tim Cook yeah and then you know the the Chinese have a lot to say um, I, I don't think they control uh, the United States I, I think they have a lot they have a lot of influence over people you know they they obviously have a lot of influence over Tim Cook. And Tim Cook has a lot of influence over um, the U.S. foreign policy, right? So because, you know, imagine 
the catastrophe for Apple if the United States did to China what we've done to Russia with regard to trade, or even even less if if Trump was imposed uh, tariffs on China, you know, which is what he wanted to do. Yeah, I see it more um, of that type of a cabal than Obama. I, I definitely see it more that way. Um, Ed, I think you you saw the story. They're going after Amy Coney Barrett again to recuse herself. Um, I didn't see the story, but tell me what it is. Um, some gay rights case because she used to belong to this group that was against gay rights or something. So she should recuse herself. It just, you know, I always think about it. The left never stops. No, you know, most of us, most of us are going to take this weekend relatively off. The left, I don't think, takes one second off. They're always fighting something and going after somebody. And it's you almost take a lesson from that. I, that. That's not something to con- criticize. That's I'm not criticizing it at yeah. all. Yeah. Well, our, I don't, you know, I mean, learn from that. A lot of the foot soldiers of the left, you know, we think, oh, they're getting money from Soros. Well, I mean, I'm sure some of them are, but they're getting money from the government. Yes, I, mean, you know, I mean, that that's if McCarthy wants to do something, it's like defund uh, all of these yeah. leftist organizations. Yeah, you think? <laughs> well, he's not going to be able to do it without shutting down the government again. That's the only possibility he has. He can't do anything. We won't do anything. I mean, if you can't, if you can't defund Planned Parenthood, for God's sake, then uh, you know, imagine defunding the National Lawyers Guild, which is an actual communist front that gets money from the United States government. Um, Can we I have stop no with Planned Parenthood already? I mean, the Republicans need to focus on things that are destroying the country. It's okay to be against abortion, and I, I have no problem with being against abortion. I'm against late-term abortion, but there are much more important things to defund than Planned Parenthood. I'm all for- We know Planned Parenthood has gone 100% into the whole uh, transit of kids thing now because again, it's very lucrative. Yes, I do know and I don't support them and I believe they should be defunded. I am not in any way defending them. I'm just saying Republicans need to wake up to where we are today. So it's interesting. So you saw Pompeo said the most dangerous person in the world is- um, What's her name? Randy Weingarten from the Teachers Union. Mm-hmm. I guess you could make that case, but it is interesting in light of what you're saying that he's focusing on that and not some of these other things you may want to bring up. Yes. And I, I mean, I think that the Teachers Union is both a bigger threat and it's lower hanging fruit. I mean, abortion, especially early term abortion, is just it's too controversial. The Republicans are never going to win that argument. So why not fight arguments, fight things that are more fundamental and that are easier to win? I mean, it just doesn't make sense to me. What? Who doesn't, you know, Youngkin won in Virginia primarily because the teachers union in McAuliffe said parents have no say in, in, in the way their kids get educated. Yeah. And that's another thing that DeSantis did very well, yeah. even though he's not executing the floor. There's plenty of CRT and critical gender theory and all that nonsense going on in Florida. You can look at lives of TikTok every day to find that out. But at least he's trying, or at least he seems like he's trying. Yes, Um, and not to mention that education boards all over the country are being taken over by the right. So yes, it's a fantastic issue to pick up on. 
Yeah. I mean, the, you know, parents, generally speaking, want their kids to learn how to read, write, do arithmetic, and you know, learn a little bit about science and, you know, history and reading. I don't know. Books. I think the, the parents are on the left, though. But so, Ed, what would you pick the top three issues that Republicans should go after? Wow. <laughs> on a federal level or on a state level? Federal. We're talking about McCarthy. What should McCarthy? Good question. Um, well, I mean, the three most important issues to people in the country are inflation. So stop spending money. Crime. Um, figure out a way to, you know, defund uh, states who don't, you know, who don't prosecute criminals. And um, what was the third? Third one was, uh, yeah, it might have been education. Education, education and immigration. Yeah, and immigration, right? So, I mean, again. Uh, and then I spending, and then spending generally. Well, that's, I think, I think, I think um, education is a big issue. Um, defunding, I mean, I don't know how you're going to defund the Department of Education, but um, you could either defund the whole thing or you could target certain things like say that no money could be spent on. CRT, no money can be spent in furtherance of any trans program at any uh, publicly funded school, um, whether it's the 87,000 new IRS agents. Now, there is something that will um, definitely grab the public's imagination. So like remove money from the IRS. He's already promised to do that. Now, Republican promises are like, you know, snowflakes on a hundred degree day, but he has already promised to defund the IRS to get rid of those new 87,000 IRS agents. And that is a winning issue. Right. I think that's I mean, a winning issue too. But how does he do it? By saying we're not going to pass a spending bill that includes that the, uh, funding for that uh, right. And then obviously the press comes after him and says, you're shutting the government and starving your grandmother, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> I mean, either they're willing well, to go that far for these issues no, or they're not. And I don't think they he, are. No. So what he what he really needs to do is, as Mike has said many times during the show, go back to regular order, have separate bills for every part of the government and fund what you want to fund. And if Biden wants to veto 12 bills, let him veto 12 bills. But I, I think that you fund what you, what you want to fund. Yeah, I, listen, I agree with you. But then what happens is they say, well, while we're doing regular order, the government's going to shut down tomorrow. So let's just do blah, blah, blah. And it, it, you have to have incredible cojones to say no. And yes, that is what it needs to do. But does anybody think you can get, you know, a majority of the House of Republicans to stand behind it? You might be able to. I, I, it, it's be. been done before. For something like IRS agents, you would think that would be low-hanging fruit. Almost. Yeah, but you're not going to kill your grandmother for that. You're not going to starve the homeless for that. I mean, they always get sucked into that. So, I mean, what's it, how long has it been since there's been a budget passed in a normal way? I, I can't even remember. Probably been 20 years. Certainly, maybe the Bush administration. I, I, don't say, I don't think it was during Obama. I think it's before Obama. Mm -hmm. So we're over a decade already, right? Yeah. Easily. Coming up on two decades. And that in itself is unbelievable. Yeah, everything is a continuing resolution. Mm -hmm.
but nobody pays attention or nobody cares. And you're right. If he said on day one, enough of that, but didn't they just do some kind of omnibus before the election or something to protect themselves? Yeah, it runs out in the middle of December. December 16th. Of this year. Correct. Yes. Then they'll pass another one. But instead of making it go to, you know, January 15th, which is, you know, they, the new Congress comes in on January 3rd, they'll probably pass something on December 16th that funds the government through September 30th. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's all- really his first test. And, and once you give in on that, Oh, so so like uh, the phrase debt ceiling will be talked about again all of a sudden. Is like, well, no, I mean the thing never is, hear, never hear about the, yeah, the debt ceiling. The thing is that um, the debt ceiling does have to be uh, raised also, but the um, you know the the whole point of regular order is that the Congress should start working on the various you know thirteen or sixteen right. or whatever it is appropriation bills starting right. on January third. You know, have hearings, mark them up you know, pass them and uh, send them to the Senate. And, you know, that, that shouldn't take forever. But they only work like Tuesday through Thursday, and they don't even work those days. So, I mean, one of the best things would be to go against the Gingrich idea. Gingrich implemented the, the Tuesday through Thursday work week so that they could all go home and, uh, and you know, solicit votes harm. on the weekend. <laughs> yeah, do, do less, less harm. harm. Right. But I mean, they really ought to work Monday morning, 9 a.m. to Friday afternoon at 5 p.m. like everybody else in the country. I don't know. I kind of like there's an argument against that. Yeah. The more more they're in session, the more they're in session, the more damage they can do. Exactly. You get Omni. Same thing thing with the New Jersey legislature. (laughs) They're there too often. Constantly on the attack. Hmm. By the way, speaking of the teachers union, you saw how the New Jersey uh, teachers conference had the um, uh, the the transgenders, uh, you know, at, at the event. Did you see all that? No, didn't see it. Yeah, we're not all in New Jersey, Mike. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it seemed like it was kind of going viral over the internet there a little bit. It's so oh, can we talk a little bit about the glory that is Elon Musk's uh, um, bringing large numbers of deplatform people back onto Twitter? I mean, so many people have been coming back. Jordan Peterson and uh, at Sargon of Akkad, Carl Benjamin got brought back. And um, oh, God, there was a bunch the of big them. One, the big one is Donald Trump. And yeah, and the big Trump, thing about although, Donald Trump was was that he once he gets reinstated his January sixth Twitter feed is is back online yes. and you can go and look for yourself at what Donald Trump tweeted on January sixth. He what what they've said about him is such an utter lie, and I encourage everybody to go look at Donald Trump's Twitter feed and look at what he said on January sixth. He he was measured. He was. Uh, dignified. He said exactly what you want a president to say. And what they have lied about him saying is just, it's unforgivable, in my opinion. So I think that actually is one of the bigger stories. And is anybody going with it? Is anybody being making hay or going to be successful at making hay? That should be plastered up in Times Square on New Year's Eve. Those two. Well, 
if if Trump if Trump were leading a movement instead of fighting for himself, he would get back on Twitter and he would make exactly the point that I just made and that you're well. Making. He signed he signed an agreement that says he has to um, post something on Truth Social first, and there has to be like six hours before it could go anywhere. So I, I and and that. And he signed that agreement with investors in Truth Social. So unless he wants to buy out Truth Social and take it private and take the loss, because, I mean, it would fall, it would fail immediately if he went back on Twitter, then he's sort of kind of got to do that. But he could do that with the six-hour delay. Um, I do like Elon Musk uh, after, um, you know, my favorite whipping boy, um, Jonathan Greenblatt, uh, told him how uh, – how disappointed he was in Musk allowing Trump um, back onto Twitter because he threatens our democracy. Um, uh, Elon said, stop defaming me to the head of the Anti-Defamation League. That, that I thought was funny. And, um, you know, three cheers for Elon for sticking, you know, poking Greenblatt in the eye. Okay, principled question here. Why should these people go back on Twitter? We've allowed several alternatives to, you know, start to grow. Why should we throw them all under the bus because Twitter's all of a sudden repenting? Why shouldn't we continue yeah. to let them grow? And let there them is grow? no I'm alternative to Twitter. Yeah, there is no good alternative to Twitter. We try to. I mean, parlor parlor is is an alternative. Um, it doesn't seem to have. <laughs> yeah. Um, Gab obviously is a very effective alternative to Twitter and, and is very much um, like Twitter. And and I got to give the guy who's in charge of uh, uh, Gab a lot of credit because he has really found a way to get around all of the um, he, he uh, all of the cancellation. So he's been canceled by everyone. And he still runs a business. The problem with uh, Gab, though, is it, it's a cesspool of the most disreputable people in in the world. Um, and so it's it's hardly something so, to build a broad based movement. Not not to dwell on this, but Parler was more trying to be Twitter, and it completely was failing at it. It was just terrible. Um, I felt like you were talking into a black hole. MeWe and Gab are like a poor man's Facebook. Both have some good qualities, some bad qualities. Um, but I, to me, they were more rivals of. Of Facebook, but neither of them, neither of them were were as as good. Now, insofar as going back to Twitter, Elon's now the boss. You got a new a new man in charge, and to me, that that's yeah. Good but what you're doing is the few people who tried to work on alternatives are now going to all be dumped, and then next time this happens, six months from well, now, I mean, no one's ever going to try again. I mean, I can only speak from my own personal experience, and I'm sure there's others that have similar experience. We tried the parlors, we tried the me, we, we tried the gab, and it was unsatisfactory. But if we were, lived without Twitter. No, I mean, well, I, the, well, some people did. The world did not come to an end without Twitter. And now we're basically saying to the whole parallel economy, well, it was really nice of you to try, but now we're getting back on to the other guy, and you guys can all, you know, go bankrupt. I don't well, know. Elon is a very it's interesting back to a free market. You, you choose what you want, right? I mean, Elon but, but is that, the message then is to never try a parallel economy. And then the same thing will happen with PayPal versus whatever. It's I mean, it, it, well, I mean, so far, this is the only real unique experience of somebody on our side, if you will, taking over 
one of these companies, you know? Yes, if, but six months from now, when Elon Musk's attention is turned elsewhere, or they succeed in taking him down because so much of Tesla's a house of cards, et cetera, et cetera. What did Tesla just lose? I don't know. How many billions did they say Tesla just lost? You guys following it? Well, Tesla didn't lose any money, but the market cap went down from over a trillion to like 600 billion. So, I mean, right. yeah, it lost a lot of billion market dollars of market cap. So the point is yeah. that if he falls, we've now given out the message that anybody trying to replace these people is not going to be supported long term. Don't bother. I think it's a horrible message. I think what you, what that you one, saying, you know, Steve, I mean, if, if Musk fails, that's going to be the message. But if these other platforms fail, that's the message. You're basically saying we're going to we're, we're, we're sending out a message of failure no matter what. No, we need to keep working on other platforms, but they'll never work on them if we're going to turn away from them, um, which is fair. Right, but if, the other, if, if we focus on the other platforms and Musk's investment in Twitter goes to zero, what does that say about what he did? I mean, shouldn't he be rewarded for his attempt to try and preserve free speech and free debate? Um, I'm not. Uh, first of all, I mean, he's not bringing back like Alex Jones and stuff. I don't know. You know, Musk is not exactly on our side. He's uh, kind of half is and half isn't. And I, I see him as somebody who's impulsive. And tomorrow he could switch sides for all I know. I'm just saying reward him. He's going to do fine. He doesn't need my, my contribution. I'm just very scared. Because he's rich and successful. He doesn't need our help. I mean, he's rich and successful because exactly. he stole tax money. Let's come on. Let's be honest. No, no, no. he's not stealing. Tax he's money. rich and successful because the government subsidized him out the wazoo, and he wasn't our guy. So he's going to be rich and successful otherwise. The message to the parallel economy is: we're not going to be there for you. And I think that's I, I think, horrific. Horrific. And what's the I, message I, if you I, tell? I, I mean, Ed, go ahead, Ed. Okay, so. Social media, right? I mean, there's the Facebooks, there's the Twitters, there's the YouTubes and, you know, TikTok. And, and they all have a different, like, purpose. And, uh, and the censorship has gotten us to move off of Facebook. I hardly ever go on Facebook anymore. Um, as for YouTube, I, I do listen to YouTube, but I listen, uh, I li uh, but, you know, on, on science and technical, things and some pop culture things. I don't listen to any politics there. I listen all, you know, political stuff on Rumble and, and Rumble is really taking off, uh, sometimes bit shoot. Um, as far as um, Twitter is concerned, I never really did use any of the other uh, Twitter replacements because they were all so awful. <laughs> um, and Twitter is a, it's a really good place to curate your own news. Um, Whereas you can't do it on Facebook, there's just too damn many ads, and the algorithm deranks all the things you want to see uh, and upranks everything else. And the same thing with Instagram. I mean, Instagram is is just uh, just horrible to use these days because it uh, it used to be one quarter ads, and now it's over a half ad, right? So it's just unusable that. Um, Zuckerberg okay. Ed, Ed, all I'm asking money. is tomorrow when I announce that Liberty Block is buying YouTube, are we all going to let Rumble die on the vine? Well, I, if someone wants to buy YouTube, I mean, obviously that's not possible, but because uh, it's owned by uh, Alphabet. But I mean, it, if YouTube started to free up and you know not be as censorious as it as it is then I think that um, 
that you know would I would I use it more? Or would I use would I still use Rumble? I don't know. It depends. One of the things that uh, Elon had a very interesting um, interview the other day, and I, I think I posted it to our chat. Uh, if not, I will when I get home. But um, he had this plan. He said back in you know the early two thousands about how to how to sort of make a, a one stop shop for all things social. So I think that's his goal with Twitter. He wants to do payments. He wants to do um, you know photos and videos, long form videos like on YouTube. He wants to, uh, you know and and TikTok and whatnot. And um, he wants to do uh, you know updates. Uh, longer form updates and he wants to give you the ability to sort of wind your way through this so he wants search to work search was never very good on twitter you know and so he's kind of going up against against google i mean that's who okay we think oh he's bought twitter but no he's trying to he's trying to to compete with google and if he wins that will be the greatest thing okay, ever I'm to happen. I disagree with you. Oh, Isn't dude. what we've learned in the last few years how horrifically dangerous it is to put all our eggs in one basket? Aren't we the people been yelling for a parallel economy for several years? Well, and even if Elon it, it, would succeed is, in that, this is true. He's but, not going to be there yeah, forever. No, no, it, yeah, the, yes, the, to a lot of what you're saying, Steve. But sorry, Mike. Let me just—I I wanted to say this before. We've also been saying that the reason we don't have our parallel economy is because we don't have our George Soros. We don't have our our lefty billion, the billionaires that the left has. We finally get a billionaire to step up for us on our side. And you're going to kick him in the ass. Why? Because he doesn't kick him in the ass. Because he because he took advantage of, of of subsidies that anyone could have gotten. He's not he's not wheeling and dealing the way Hunter Biden does. I don't think Steve's money that's available. Steve's not necessarily going saying go after Elon and screw Elon. He's saying, where's the loyalty to the other people who stuck their necks out and built these other platforms for us? And they did it because we yelled for years, we're yelling. Where are they? Now I don't know what Elon is. Where are the billionaires that support our side? But I mean I understand you don't want to say anything in his defense. I would like local. Ed, hold on. Steve, I, I appreciate that point of view. Unfortunately, it's like the world's not a perfect place in a sense. You know what I mean? But we didn't know Elon was going to take over tw- Twitter. And I'm thankfully he did. And I don't fault anybody for going back there. And if so- somebody wants to buy out YouTube or buy out Instagram or buy out whatever, I- I- I'm still all-, all for it. And unfortunately, a lot of these other platforms, as I mentioned before, they don't, they're not as robust as these other platforms. And on top of that, when you when you talk about Twitter, Twitter's really great for a lot of things too. Like even sports, I follow a lot of sports. I follow my I follow Mets stuff on there, baseball stuff. I follow my my school, you know, University of Pittsburgh stuff. There's people on the other side, there's other celebrity. They're they're not on the other they're not on the other platform. I'm I'm going to apologize before saying saying this. I'm just saying that there's an appeal that. I'm going to apologize to you, Mike, for saying this, but that's why you can't get Jews to stop reading the New York Times. Even though the New York Times would hide a Holocaust, even though the New York Times would do anything it could to kill every real red-blooded American there's left in the world, but they have a good art section. And you know what? You have to have enough 
principles to say, screw their art section, screw their cultural section, and do not support the New York Times, period. Okay, but, but, so you know, you but, have to give up your sports stuff. Because all okay, I'm saying is a very simple thing. When Rumble calls up next time and you say, God, we need another alternative, nobody is going to tee up one nickel because they know you're going to be dropped the minute something else goes back. And I'm telling you that that's devastating. That's listen, all I'm telling you. You don't have to I'm punish Elon Musk. Listen, I'm all for picking and choosing your spots to hit these people on the other side. But the reality is we're not going to walk away from everything. We, we don't have that ability. I mean, I could walk away. I, I, I've had Citibank. My parents used to work for Citibank. My father was there for, for 40 years before it was even Citibank. And my money's been with Citibank. Now I see what's going on with digital currency. I could pull my money out of there. Tell, uh, okay, so point me to the parallel economy bank. I'm happy to hear it. If you have one for me, let me know. So I what mean, I'm saying is, we can the mic. That's what I, you've been buy, saying the last buy. several years. And what I'm telling you is now we're cutting our own legs off because even if there will be no, a no. parallel economy, we'd still go back to Citibank. I don't think you're cutting your legs off because you've gone back to Twitter because Elon did something good. And like Ed was saying, there's no reason to penalize him. He, he should I, I be think, rewarded in a way. I think we ought to I think we ought to keep the eye on the ball here. To tie the bow, I mean... You can go I have a question for you, Mike. Where did all of this deplatforming start? A guy named Alex Jones, correct? First they came well, from I don't Alex remember. Jones. I don't remember. Yes. Yeah, the first, first they came from Alex Jones. But listen, the first all person did, and guess quickly. what? Elon Musk will not put Alex Jones back on. So the point is, he's not he's not replatforming the world. He's not a free speech thing. He's still going to police it. So I would not put all our eggs in that basket. Yeah. That's all. Okay. First I mean, of all, I wouldn't he, say he hasn't gone but just all the way on day one, and that's the reason to condemn him. <laughs> I'm not condemning him, but I'm not going to not. All right, Stephen. The other guys. Okay, yeah. but listen, oh. just to tie the bow on what I'm saying, there's a lot of products, a lot of services, a lot of companies out there that we still all use, and it, we're not going to get away from all of them starting tomorrow. If there's an alternative, but we've lived without uh, Twitter uh, for uh, a long time, haven't we? Well, have we lived without it? No, I haven't lived without it. The I people, Project Veritas has not gone back. I didn't leave it. I didn't leave Facebook. You haven't left Facebook. You're on Did Facebook. Project Veritas die because Twitter deplatformed it? No. The point is, when you go back, you're just cutting off your own legs. We lived without it. Trump would be an idiot to go back to Twitter and save Twitter. But we didn't all live without Stephen, it. Stephen, I'd like to weigh on this. I think we've got to keep our eyes on the ball here. And the ball is is Google Delenda F, right? I mean, Alphabet has to be destroyed. And I would love it if Rumble Locals, and they have a, a payment processor called Parallel Economy, Rumble Locals Parallel Economy grew to such a large, um, you know, footprint that it basically destroyed Alphabet because Alphabet and Google in particular have, interfered so decisively in the election process by um, de-ranking and uh, uh, Republican candidates and boosting Democratic candidates in search, in you know, search completion, in, in that sort of thing, that um, people are saying that this is millions and millions of votes have been switched from Democrats to Republicans uh, just because of Google manipulation of search algorithms they, they read everybody's emails. If you have Gmail, they read all your emails and they target 
you know, political stuff. They, I mean, yeah, they, they try, if you look, if you send an email to your mom saying, I want to buy a lamp, yeah, you get a lot of lamp ads. But what right. happens if you say, I want to, you know, I want, what do you think about Fetterman versus Oz? Then Google knows that you are uh, someone to target political ads to, to help the Democrats. Now, yeah, of course it's illegal. Nobody's going to prosecute them. The point is Google to lend ad, and we, and the only, the only thing right now that has the possibility of really taking on Google and destroying it is Twitter. And if Twitter were to sort of buy out Rumble Local's um, parallel economy, um, which it may very well do, you never know, Elon is not dumb, um, then that would be, that would be wonderful. Especially because it's private, he doesn't. He told, he told Jonathan Greenback, you know, go screw himself. I mean, that's who who does that, right? That's amazing. Um, so I, I think we really have to, you know, in the military, you you reinforce success, right? And this is a success, and so we need to reinforce. I'm glad you all trust this guy. I don't. I, I mean, I I've Most listened to like everything he said. You don't trust and, him not. You don't trust him not to ditch Twitter two weeks from now. He can't. What do you he mean? Can't not anymore. He's already. He has a, he's going to go bankrupt. What do you mean he can't? Of course he can. No, no. The bankruptcy would just be to screw his investors, right? That, and and that would close Twitter, would it not? Uh, no, not at all. Why not? He fired. He's he's fired or gotten rid of eighty to ninety percent of the staff. I mean, that's. That's one of the greatest things ever done. And you and, think you and, think that and, Elon Musk's fortune is so um, invulnerable to what everybody else's is? Well, I mean, I know that Zuckerberg is ruin is ruining Facebook and Instagram. I, I know that now the Democrats as well as the Republicans want to get rid of the TikTok. And you know, I like TikTok as the next guy, um, but they're tr because it's all a Chinese. You know, it's a Chinese play for American data. You why know in the world I, would Democrats want to stop that? And why would McConnell want to stop that? I well, don't McConnell that. won't. He's married to China. Right. But, so um, I'm saying, yes, you'll find a few people making a little bit of noise about TikTok, but I don't see that happening. Oh, there's more than a few people in the Democratic Party now that are making anti-TikTok noises. Yes. And then they will um, be paid and they will shut up. Maybe. Maybe. I just, here's the deal. You know that I'm a secessionist. And the fact that one good governor or one good law was passed and all the people say, oh, you see, we're really turning the corner. Listen to Bongino, who I can't listen to too much more because it's all a bunch of commercials with 10 seconds of talk in between. But you know what? This country's turning around. I see it happening. It's not over. We've turned the corner. We're getting better. You know what? Well, if you look at America, if you look at American history, there is this kind of wave thing, right? I mean, it's, there's, it's very much Sentiments go in waves, and that's just. I, I, and so, uh, do I think yes, we're turning the, the overall no. arc is way, way against liberty. Period. Okay, you you can't yes. even, you, you can't make that argument. We are heading faster right. or slower towards total tyranny. The difference is that Mark Levin will write a book about it, and make a hundred gazillion dollars, but he won't do anything except for show for stupid convention of states. I have a question for you, lawyers. If one state passes a resolution for convention of states. And they don't get the 35 or 38 needed for another thousand years. Is that okay? What's what's the years going on here? Anybody know the answer to that? 
Um, it's forever, um, forever. but they, forever. they generally, when, when states pass resolutions for conventions, they generally put time oh, limits on Right. And uh, how resolution. long is convention of states? Mark's uh, dream going on. It took 50 years to overturn Roe. That's so How long did it take from the time the it's first guy got the idea now. to declare independence from England till July 4th, 1776? And please don't tell me 50 years. I believe it's more like five. Um, as far as no, independence, it started itself, around the Stamp Act in 1760, yeah, something like that. 15? Even if you say that, that's 16 years, not 50. Okay. So please, nothing's happening with convention of states, not in a hundred years, it's not going to happen, but they talk about it and they talk about it. But the overall, overall direction of this country is towards more and more tyranny. And if every time one good thing happens, say, well, it's getting better now, we will but end Stephen, up in the same place we're ending up. Stephen, but let me interject right there. Elon Musk did it's something good. And instead of saying, bravo, you're, you're saying we shouldn't support him. He you doesn't need our both support. Sides of your mouth. Wait a minute. Does Elon Musk need our support? What, what he doesn't need me. He could just invested forty-four billion dollars into deplatforming people money. of his own money into deplatforming people. Am I interested? He has a whole bunch of other investors. Uh, minority is like ten of the forty-four. <laughs> no, it's not forty-four. So it's, okay. Yes, he's done well, a uh, of one of the one of the investors writing books. Elon one of the investors is go ahead. Uh, well, this interview that I posted the other day, one of the uh, investors was this guy Baron of Baron Capital, um, and it's very interesting um, to see the interaction because he he is a real believer in Musk. Uh, he's the one doing the interviewing. And, you know, he's worth five or 10 billion himself. Um, and he, it's really interesting to see someone who's 65 years old and has been a venture capitalist for his entire life and has made billions, sit down with a 45 year old and, and you know, really show respect for his uh, business sense and his direction. I, I think it's a, uh, in, I, I thought it was an interesting interview. I, do I think Elon Musk is the savior, you know, the second coming? Of course not. But on the other hand, we he can't has, let the, you can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. Exactly. He's not. He's that's not. Why, by be, the way, that's why I'm perfect. still apologizing. He's to not going to be perfect. All right. I, and, I one, and one of these days, you know, crown because we were letting the perfect be the enemy of the good, and actually we had it much better under the crown. And one of these days, I want to talk to you and our fearless leader about the whole secessionism thing, um, because I, I think um, I, I don't think that's a that's a particularly good answer at all to the lack of liberty. I mean, it's actually you know, only, we, it's actually the we, we can we can we can write novels. And I've read like a dozen novels about like splitting up or, or secession or, or any of that. Um, and they're all good novels and, you know, great heroes and whatnot. But I think that there are issues there that people don't really understand. Or at least Ned, I agree are, are with you. And again, I'm going to say it again. We never should have seceded. I agree with you. Luckily, in 1776, there were no issues at all in making a new country and fighting the greatest empire the world had ever known. You're right. So, yes, secession is the only answer because we're too big 
and we're too tyrannical and you cannot change a country that was founded on representatives representing tens of thousands of people and now representing 750,000 people. You cannot turn this country around. So it's the only answer. Is it easy? No. Was splitting from England easy? No. And by the way, I believe 99.9% .9 of Americans would not have split from England, including most of us. Uh, yeah, who, who knows? Who knows? Uh, would you have it? You would have said it's really complicated. I read a lot of books about it, but it can't work. And look back at the way the world looked in 1776. Well, I don't know what the Zogby poll showed back in 1770 or so. And guess what? They didn't care. I think it well, was probably think, more than 0.01%. More than 0.01%. It was were, actually very I low percent was, of people who wanted to split from England. I, I know, I know. No, but it, actually, it it, but I think it would be useful to compare the, the populations of 1776 with today. The people in 1776 did want if not independence, they did understand their rights, their liberties, and they were willing to fight for them. So it was, the, the revolution was already happening. It wasn't just a document that changed people's minds. That document expressed what was already fomenting in the, in the population from 1765 what, to what 1776. the population was not loyalist? I think one of the things not about loyalist, that. Not loyalist, about the 1775 a third were loyalists, a third didn't care, and a third were probably revolutionaries. And and some poll the other day had like a third of Americans, uh, you know, in favor of dissolution. Um, one of the problems, though, is in 1775, like 95 percent plus of um, the American population were quote unquote small business owners, you know, farmers or craftsmen or whatever, and. Um, in other words, they were they were independent, right? They 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 had their farm, or they had their little business, or they had their tavern, or whatever, and they ran it. Um, but now almost everybody's an employee of some giant corporation, and this can't be good. And people do not feel independent. Um, they do not feel like if the world came crashing down tomorrow, um, they would be able to feed their families. And that's what they, and that's a, you know, that's a consequence of industrialization, which didn't, wasn't in existence in 1775. That would be the world, Ed, uh, finishing the thought, and Ed, just to finish your thought, secession would be the world crashing down, at least temporarily. Yeah, I mean, and so, I, and the other thing is like the economy of the United States, again, which all of us depend on, here I am driving through four states to visit my mom who's in the hospital, um, the, the economy is based on all of this transportation and um, you know, uh, essentially Ed, free, free trade. Ed, and, and we're going to wrap up for tonight. I'm happy to debate this anytime you wish. I will tell you that laser has traveled through as many countries in Europe as you have traveled to states and they're separate countries. Okay, visa free. He travels to Europe, back and forth, country after country. You can be separate countries and have every single one of those advantages. I'll be happy to debate secession with anybody any day, but we should wrap up because we got to go for Thanksgiving. Okay. So, everybody, well, have a happy last licks on what? Go ahead. Everybody gets their last. Uh... No. <laughs> Let's say everybody got something we're thankful for. I'm thankful for this show. <laughs> I'm thankful for you guys being part of what I think is a phenomenal show. 
and you guys contributing unbelievable amount of intellect and great viewpoints because you are among the only people in the world that I care if you disagree with me. And Ed Maslish is my witness. That's why I looked him up years ago. You know that? Remember that? I thought you looked me up because I was so brilliant that you had to say hello. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I looked you up because you were one of the only people ever that when I read what you wrote and I disagreed with you, it bothered me. And what was that that you read? <laughs> Anything. When Ed, the stuff Ed wrote was so brilliant on Facebook. Yeah. That's literally why I pursued him. Because I said, if Ed Maslisch disagrees, I need to rethink it. So I'll, I'm well, thankful thank for all you. that. I'm, no, I'm really thankful to you guys. I don't care about that many people's opinions. I care about all yours' opinions. Okay, well, Mike, tell us something you're thankful for besides living in New Jersey. feeling is mutual, Stephen. Obviously, I'm, I'm thankful for my family and, uh, and my, my wife and my kids and my brothers, my nieces and everything. Um, you know, honestly, like when you see the economic conditions, uh, you do rely on your family more, your friends more. Think about the things that are really more important to you. And uh, it's those relationships that are relationships with great friends like you guys. I'll leave it there. <laughs> Can I say something about that, Mike, without saying anything? Um, I'm the old man of this group. And even though I'm a white male raised by generations of white males, I have learned that it's okay to ask for help and it's okay to ask your friends for favors. I'll leave it at that. Gotcha. <laughs> There's gotta be one Ed to chime in. The, the Department of Eds needs to chime in. <laughs> no, then Pompeo will go against them. But it's a well, good I, thing. Have... I like that. I am thankful at this very moment for Interstate 95. I realize that it doesn't have the biggest uh, reputation among the travel aficionados. In fact, it's probably the second most hated road in the United States, the San Diego Freeway, I-405, being the most hated road. But I do, uh, I am very thankful for it because it allows me to visit my my mom and my family over Thanksgiving with relative ease. And only I've only almost died once tonight. So you I'm gotta thankful. get it. Go ahead, Ed. Sorry. I'm thankful for all of you guys. I'm thankful for Jody, who's not with us right now, but who is a founding member of the show. Uh, I'm thankful for the the wisdom that comes with age. Uh, I, I don't feel like I'm getting older. I feel like I'm getting wiser. I'm thankful for being a parent. Being a parent and having a child and raising a child is probably the most uh, effective teacher that I've ever had. Being a parent forces you to, or forced me to examine all of my views as I was teaching them to a, to another living being that didn't know them and didn't know it, didn't understand them. Uh, it's one thing to have abstract ideas that you think are right. Uh, it's another thing to try and implement them on a, on a new life and in a new person uh, and to see how they, how they impact that person. Um, I'm thankful for the wonderful relationship I have with, with him. Uh, my son is a senior in high school and uh, without embarrassing him, I, I think that 
he and I have a, a pretty wonderful relationship. Uh, it's not many parents of teenagers that can say that, but um, I'm very thankful that I can say that and I'm thankful for him. Um, and life is precious. I'm thankful for the life that I have. And sometimes I feel like I'm not making as much as I could have. I always feel like I could be doing more. Uh, but I'm thankful for the life that I have and thankful for all the opportunities that that I have and that I find and that I try and, and make the best of. So happy Thanksgiving to everybody. And, you know, uh, you know, thanks to you guys. Okay, so I'll just end it with one more line to reiterate. The fact that you guys share all your wisdom and knowledge is a really big deal. Never, ever minimize that. So everybody have a happy Thanksgiving. We'll be back a week from tomorrow, Wednesday, regular time at four o'clock. And have a wonderful evening.